And, um, you know, since it's about how many days away from Christmas? 16, something like that, right? Right? 21 days? I think it's, uh, it's now the ninth. Yeah, it's about 16 days, right? And, you know, I, I thought of just uh, preparing our hearts for that day. And I hope that uh, uh, to approach this differently, Advent, preparing our hearts for Christmas. I'd like to show you a video. Something's not working today, huh? It's almost Christmas. Everywhere you go, you're bombarded with bright lights. Everywhere you look, Christmas decor plastered on everything. You practically can't walk into a single store without hearing, Oh Holy Night, the joy to the world. You know, studies show again and again that during the Christmas season, more people are open to spiritual truth than any other time of the year. They're willing to let down their guard and hear the name and good news of Jesus. However, while Christmas might be a time of heightened spiritual interest, it also happens to be a time of heightened loneliness, depression, and sadness. Suicides actually rise in the month of December. So what do we do with this information? An idea. What if we slowed down just a little bit and allowed ourselves to be more receptive this year? More receptive to the heart needs of the people around us, in our church, our community, our neighborhoods, and in our homes. And in this receptivity, let's be proactive. Proactive to listen, to love, and to share Jesus. Because heart doors are open right now. For some, just a crack big enough for us to slip a small note of hope through. For others, the door is wide open. One last point. We want to encourage you to invite. Invite your friends. Invite your family. Invite your neighbors. Invite those who have no connection with the church and with Jesus. Invite them to visit your church home when they are most willing to let down their guard and listen to the good news of what God has done for them. And maybe, just maybe, this is the season and year when they'll allow Jesus to walk right in. Just invite. They are welcome here in our church home. Just invite. What do we have next week? Party! You know, it's an evangelistic uh, uh, Christmas party at the same time. Um, we would like to share the gospel with people. So please, just invite. Let's fill this place. It will start at 10. And we will go home at about 10 midnight, right? Oh, so 10 night, not the evening, okay? Because we will have a party. And hopefully, you know, Jesus will be shared with those people. This morning, and I guess until Christmas Day, we would like you guys, including myself, to rediscover Christmas. And rediscovering Christmas is very important. I'd like to ask you, or maybe state, what Christmas really is. You know, as you're seated beside one another, why don't you, why don't you ask and then answer, what Christmas, what is Christmas really? Okay, and then give an answer, okay?
Come on, do that. Don't look one another. You know, you know, give an answer. What is Christmas really? Give an answer. Uh, Willie and Sean, you should talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ask, what is Christmas really? Is it about gift giving? Right? Christine, is it about just party? Okay, I hope I hope you're okay. Okay, George. George. George, look at me. What did uh, what did you say Christmas is to uh, Raquel? Oh, you're still thinking. Charles, what did uh, uh, what did she say? Celebration of Christ. I mean, we can all come up with answers, um, and I, I am sure there is a right answer and there are wrong answers. And this morning, you know, in the short time that we have, we started late, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I will sort of breeze through this, but hopefully we, we will not miss the point. I want us to rediscover Christmas, basically, and its power to change lives. Okay? Christmas has power, and a power to change lives. And many of us have kind of forgotten that, okay? Why don't we all rise and read scriptures for this morning? Uh, Matthew 1, starting from verse 18 and all the way up to chapter 2, up to verse 4. Let's read verse 18. Now, But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. She will bear a son, and she shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and called his name Jesus. of them where the Messiah, Christ, was to be born. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, uh, as we look forward to the day itself of celebrating Christmas, help us to see it in its proper light so that, Lord, we can draw from it the power that can change our lives forever. Lord, thank you for the testimony of our sister Marge. Thank you for her willingness to be discipled. 
And uh, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless her in her ministry, to bless other people as well. And thank you for the people who have touched their lives, her lives, Lord, Alinette especially and Pastor Insong. And we pray, Father, that the very same power that touched their lives, that touched others, will touch our lives this morning, the power of Christmas. Change us, Lord, through your Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Let's try to rediscover Christmas. And I have another video. It's going to be a video morning, guys. Because I'm sad Pacquiao lost. When we celebrate the birth of Jesus on what we have traditionally believed was a holy, silent night, a night that marked the birth of our Savior, a night that the King of Kings was born, and because of that, we celebrate with parties, concerts, food, and the exchanging of gifts, all of which can be wonderful things. Yet slowly, and most likely unintentionally, we have a tendency to lose sight of what that first Christmas was really all about. Before we know it, we cover up the true meaning of this monumental season. With this, Powerful, isn't it? The real meaning of Christmas. What is it? Are it Christmas lights? Yeah, fun, right? Christmas tree? How many of you have Christmas trees at home? Okay. I hope after this message, you will burn those Christmas trees. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope after this message, you will add up something to those Christmas trees, okay? And see beyond the Christmas trees. How about Santa Claus? Some of you are even planning to wear this costume and go around town, right? Nothing wrong with Christmas gifts. They're all good. Nothing wrong with parties. They're all good. But please, please, don't let all of this blur and confuse the real meaning of Christmas. Okay? Between now and December 25, and I hope even till the rest of our lives, we will see that it can be Christmas every day. It can be Christmas every day because of its power. Sadly, at the same time, Christmas has become a time of what? A time of sadness. A sad, time of depression. A time of discouragement. A time of loneliness. And even a time of what? Suicide. Statistics shows that December, be care, you know, watch, look around you. And, you know, especially here in, in, in the USA, five o'clock pa lang, dilim-dilim na. You know, and it's so cold, and it's so, it's so like uh, dreary. And if you're all by yourself, what do you think can happen? You can be so lonely. You know, you can go to Universal Studios every day. You know, but you know, many people are actually on their own. And it is this time that they run out of hope and even kill themselves. You know, folks, Christmas should be stripped of all its trappings. Let's strip those gifts away. You know, give me a gift, but don't strip it for other people, okay? The Christmas tree, Santa Claus, everything. You can strip all of, all of these things, and then I pray that what is left, what is left is the simplicity of this, of God becoming man to be with you, to be with me. Christmas is actually God's presence, isn't it? Every moment of our lives. 
Christmas really is God's presence, God's power to make the dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the hurting healed, the troubled peaceful, the desperate hope. Wow! I like that. And that's what Christmas is all about. Santa Claus is fine. Parties are okay. The gifts are okay. The lights are okay. But let me ask you this question. Can these trappings of Christmas, do they have real power? What real power or peace or comfort or hope or confidence for the future can these trappings give the desperate, the lonely, and the depressed? Tell me. If you are depressed and you're looking at Santa Claus, can he, can he help? No way. I'm telling you, remove your focus from these trappings and focus it on the right time. In hours of deep personal needs and disappointing setbacks, I repeat, in hours of deep personal needs and disappointing setbacks, and many of you or some of you are in that situation right now, you know, when you are depressed, when you are like all by yourself, and when you are like me, you know, I don't know with you, but last night, there was like, there was like shouting and, you know, when, when the other guy was bloodied and he was about to fall, everybody was shouting. But when that punch came in and floored my idol, okay, we were like shell-shocked. We were like quiet, depressed, sad. And, you know, I, I was imagining the Philippines. You know, if you're in the Philippines... People are in the movie houses, right? You know, they pay, they, pay, they pay to watch on the big screen. And I can just imagine round four. It was all bloodied and he was about to real go down. And at round five, you know, he was there almost to do the killing. And the last two seconds, boom. Everybody was shouting and then all of a sudden, whoo. And I can just picture the silence, the deafening silence happening in the theaters around where we were watching, there was one unsaved girl, okay? No, 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 she was saved actually, but she was contravida. She was, she was for the other guy. But you know, the picture I'm trying to tell you is, I, 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 just, I just pray for Mani Pacquiao. Because, not because, you know, he lost, but because he's going to be facing a lot of pressure from now on. I was told by my wife that Mama Junisha is telling him that because of his change in faith, he has lost two fights already. This, this one, the second, right? And I'm sure the pressure will continue. And I'm sure many, many people out there back home and say, Ikaw kasi, yan. You change your faith. You go back to Santa Claus, okay? You know, and, 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 and let's be careful because at this time of deep personal needs and disappointing setbacks, this is the time when we need only Jesus. And I pray that the people around this man will be strong enough to remind him that this is part of his plan to make this man a better man. Only Jesus can satisfy and meet those needs. And that's what Christmas gives. Jesus, God's presence to failing mankind. I don't know with you, but I was sad. 
But when I remembered about Jesus and what his plans are for this man who can be a great evangelist, I got excited. What is it about Christmas or what is it about Christ in Christmas that gives hope to humankind? What really is it? You know, in, in, the, in the passage we read, we see the four titles of Christ in the Christmas story. There are four titles. The first one is this. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. For what? He will save his people from their sins. That's the first name. The second name is this, or title. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. I really like that already. God with us. Wow. The third, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? What is the title of Jesus? King. Not an ordinary king, but the king of kings, as you will see. And then finally, gathering all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah or the Christ was to be born. There you go. Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah. Can you please print this and put that above your Christmas trees? Okay? Right? So, uh, maybe in the next few weeks, ladies, the one who's decorating, can we put this on top of the Christmas tree and it will remind us of this message? First, she will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. Jesus means God's power to save mankind from eternal damnation. You know, how, how big is that? Right? Of course, the Christmas trees are fine, the gifts are fine, but please, remember, Christmas is all about Jesus and God became man. Imagine God in His glory, stepping out of heaven, becoming man, just like you and me, for what purpose? To save mankind from eternal hell. Look at Luke 2, verse 11. There has been born for you a Savior. Oh, there you go. A Savior. For Christ, who is Christ the Lord? Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And what? To give His life a ransom for many. That is Jesus. Another verse, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Ephesians 1.7. In Him we have redemption through His blood. For the what? Forgiveness of our sins. Jesus is what? God's power to save mankind from eternal damnation called hell. Jesus came to save you for that very, very purpose. The question that I have for us this morning, as we hear the name Jesus, who will save us from our sins, is this. Do we really understand how we are saved and how our sins are forgiven? Do we? And do we even, do we even really realize that we are sinners? And that sin has a consequence that we have to grapple with? Maybe not us now because we know the story, but for many people out there, who don't have, even have a clue. The people who are downtrodden, sad, and are just burdened with guilt, they don't even know what the solution is. Do they know? Because if, if, if they don't know, they need to be told. And who is, who's supposed to tell them? Us. And if we don't understand, how can we share? And that's the reason why I ask this question. Do we really understand how we are saved for the forgiveness of our sins? You know, in Israel, there's what you call Yom Kippur. I don't know if you have heard of the word Yom Kippur. Okay? They, 
they celebrate that. No, it's a day of atonement. It's celebrated sometime in September and October. It, it, it right about you know late September or early October, and it's a it's actually a 25-hour uh, you know session. What they do is they reflect on that day exactly all of their sins against God and against their fellow men. That's what they do. Okay. Well, don't ask me. You know why then is Israel not a Christian yet? Well, God has an agenda. That's a different story. But the point they're trying to do is they, they have a day of atonement. They, they, they try to ask God to forgive them that day so that they can be right with the people around them and right with God. And it's about, it's about Leviticus 16. okay? And it's about this tradition. Leviticus 16, verse 7. Um, he shall take two goats and present them before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Then Aaron shall offer the goat on which the lot for the Lord fell and make it a sin offering, meaning kill it. But Verse 10, But the goat on which the lot for the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to send it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. You understand what I'm saying? And you know, this is the, this is the practice of Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur at that day. They will have two goats. One will die. Malas niya, okay? The other guy, the other goat will just be like, you know, in, in, a, in a manner of representation, all of the sins of the people will go to that goat and they will let that goat go out of the wilderness with a picture of what? The picture of sin going far away from the people, right? That's the way it works. And, you know, what I'd like to show you here is that is a picture of how they did it then, right? But as far as we are concerned, we have a two-in-one present in the form of Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus Christ became the goat who was what? Sacrificed and killed, whose blood was shed. At the same time, he was also the goat that took away our sins so far away from us. In Hebrews 9.22, according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So, the first goat was also Jesus. Right? Two in one. And the second goat was also Jesus. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. You understand how now our sins are forgiven? Do you now understand why Jesus is God's presence on Christmas to save us from the damnation that we are facing, which is called hell, because he has removed our sins and forgiven them? That's the way it works. So, Lonely, painful, sad, bleak, whatever your situation is. I don't know. If you know of some people out there who are in this situation, I, there's, there's, there can be nothing more worse. Okay, Even if you are in a situation like this, what can be more worse than this is this. That you are guilty of sin and there is a penalty forthcoming, which is hell. You know what I'm saying? You know... You may be in a situation right now where you're feeling bad, but I'd like you to realize there's a bigger problem that we folks have to face. And that is our sins. And our sins have a consequences and we have a penalty. But Jesus, He saves us from the penalty of our sins. Eternal death, eternal damnation in hell is no longer what we will face because of Jesus. Earthly trials and setbacks However hard and painful are still temporary 
and can pass while hell is eternal. What would you rather have? Trials here or eternity in hell? So you know what? As you are facing trials and difficulties right now, it's a matter of perspective. If you take a look at what your situation is right now and then think all of a sudden, hey, this is temporary. I can go through this. But what's more important is Christ came and I will no longer have to face eternal damnation. Therefore, hell is no longer an issue for me. Doesn't that kind of make you feel good? Perspective is very helpful. It helps big time. Don't you agree? Right? You know, there was this, there was this college girl who wrote her mom, okay? And, um, you know, her name is Paula, okay? And she wrote, Mommy, um, uh, I have bad news for you. Um, I, was, I was in the dorm one weekend and all of a sudden my dorm was set on fire. And, you know, uh, I was on the second floor and, you know, my, my room is in the second floor, as you know, and, and you know, and it was, it was just so fast, it happened so quickly, and I, I wanted to jump out of it, but, you know, fortunately, the firemen came and they brought me to the hospital. And uh, in the hospital, you know, I lost everything. I, I recalled my things and everything. In the hospital, there was this nice young um, uh, nurse who, who came to me and helped me. His name is Mike, okay? And, um, and, you know, he was so nice to me because he realized that I lost everything. And, you know, Mommy, uh, this Mike uh, offered that I can stay with him, okay? And this, this Mike is so nice. And, you know, Mommy, I've been, I've been staying with Mike for the past two months. I didn't want to tell you this because, you know, I know you'll get mad. Uh, but that's the way it is. Uh, and I thank God that... Mike is so nice and, and we're living together. Um, uh, uh, Mom, uh, I know you feel bad about this, but this is not true. I made this all up. Okay? The truth of the matter is I failed all of my exams. <laughs> you know, perspective, right? Paula, sorry, Mike, sorry. I just thought about that. Okay. Perspective. You know, you may have a problem here, but if you think of a bigger problem that has been solved for you, all of a sudden things change, don't they? Right? Perspective. Jesus. That's what Jesus is. He solved the big problem. And that's Christmas. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save the people. So, Christmas really is what? God's Jesus presence. God's Jesus power to make the dead live, to fall and rise, condemned, forgiven, hurting, healed, troubled, peaceful, desperate hope. That's nice, isn't it? That's Christmas. Again, can these trappings give real power and peace or comfort or hope or confidence for the future to the desperate, lonely, and depressed? Answer? No. Who can give hope? Jesus. The real meaning of Christmas. Number two, Emmanuel. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. I like that, God with us. The background for Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Uh, actually, this is a, a quote from old, uh, this, this verse, um, uh, verse 123 of Matthew is actually a quote from Isaiah 7:14. Okay, And the background for this is King Ahaz, the grandson of a good king of Judah, Uzziah was idolatrous and did evil. Okay, who's the king? Ahaz. 
And, you know, Ahaz is so bad, he's so evil. He, he, he worshipped Molech. Ahasa. <laughs> he worshipped Molech, a pagan god. Um, and what he did is he, he even sacrificed his own baby to this, to this pagan god, Molech. That's how bad he is. He's so evil that two evil kings by the name of Resin and Pekah wanted him dead. Okay? Imagine two evil kings wanted a more evil person to get rid of him. So they, they planned to attack him. They were kings from the north and King Ahaz is from the south. Remember? The, the, the kingdom was divided when, Solomon, you know, uh, um, when Solomon's reign ended. There was a north and a south. Okay? So here is Ahaz in the, in the south and Rekah and Pekin Peke and Rekah are on the north and they wanted to attack him. And so because he was afraid for his life, this King, a, uh, King um, uh, Ahaz, uh, for fear of his life, Ahaz sought the help of, not from God, but from a powerful king, Tiglat Pileser, who is actually the king of Assyria. He's a pagan king as well. So he, he wanted support. Instead of going to God, he went to this pagan king. And then God said, do not do that. I will take care of you. You know what? Because I'll preserve you, your line, your David, because from your line, Jesus will come. So you don't have to worry about those kings. And then he gave that, that passage. Okay? And that passage was in Isaiah 7.14. The, the prophet said, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and she will call him Emmanuel. Okay? That's the background. God's promise was to come and dwell among his people through Christ. That's God's promise. So when Christmas came, God became man for what reason? To dwell with us. To live with us. He became flesh and blood to be with you and me. Christ is not only the Christ of salvation, but he's also the Christ who lives amongst us to sympathize with you. To see you through life's challenges. You know, whatever I'm trying to say, how can God know exactly how you're feeling? Does he know? As God, yes. But how was it possible for him, for you to feel that he really knows how you feel? You know why? Because he became man. He himself became flesh and blood to feel exactly the way you, you do. To, be, to feel hunger as you do. To feel hurt when you're hurt. To feel cold when you're cold. To feel betrayed. To feel encouraged. To feel everything that man go through in flesh and blood. Hebrews 2, verse 17 to 18. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things. This is Jesus. So that he might become, what? A merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. You see that? Emmanuel. For he is God with us to help us in our struggles. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. See that? The importance of God with us. He knew exactly how we feel. Hebrews 2.18 For he himself was tempted in that he which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. I don't know with you, but as I thought about Jesus, Jesus knows exactly how you're feeling right now. What you're going through. The joy you're experiencing. 
the challenges you're facing. You know, I'm sure Jesus had fun too, right? You know, I, I, I was trying to read in the Bible where Jesus was, was like enjoying himself. And, in, and you know, because I, I did not see in the Bible as much of that. But I, I think he had a laugh too. You think so? You know, he was probably converting, you know, water into wine. And there was this guy that he didn't like as much. Okay, He made the wine bitter on that end and then sweet at that end. Right? I mean, you know, I'm sure. I mean, because, you know, Jesus became man, but at the same time he had the power. Right? And it, he, he, he felt that way for the reason, for the simple reason that he wanted to show you and me that I understand what you're going through. I know what you're going through. And if my name is God is with us or with you, then you should feel good about me being there with you. Christmas is really God's Emmanuel, God's power, God's Emmanuel power to make the dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the hurting healed, the troubled peaceful, the desperate hope. Why? Because he has been through this and he knows it himself. Again, can the Santa Claus, the trappings of Christmas, give real power, peace, and comfort to those of you who are hurting? Answer? No. Only Jesus can. God's presence. King. This one I like very much. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? He is king. And you know, every time I think about this, I said, if my Jesus is king, wow, then we will rule. And all of those people... Okay, who have given me problems will all be subject to my king and they will have a difficult time. My God will redeem me. I feel, I feel, I feel good thinking about this. Right? Here he is introduced as king. He came not only to save his people from their sins, Jesus. He came not only to sympathize and help his people, Emmanuel, but he came to rule the world. This Jesus, whom we celebrate this every, every time we come to Christmas, we picture him as what? As a weak baby in a manger. But you know what? I tell you, this Jesus is going to come back the second time as a great king riding in a white horse ready to rule the world. And that is the Jesus, the Emmanuel and the king that we know who is present with you right now. Now, what is that compared to what you're going through right now? Your troubles, your discouragement, your problems? Will they all disappear? Obviously. When the king rules, it's going to be a new government. It's going to be a new situation when we can look forward to the time when everything will be well because our king rules. I like that. King who rules a spiritual kingdom which will someday come to his people and at which point he will rule the world. Revelation 12.5. Look at this. The end, the prophetic... Uh, Book, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Wow, Jesus is not going to be, you know, easy this time. He's not going to be as loving and merciful this time. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. Because by that time, all of us will be in heaven with him, and he's going to rule the people who will be left behind. It's another long, long Bible study, okay? But I, I will explain that. We will explain that to you when the time comes. When Jesus rules, he will rule like a king, a real king. Revelations 19, verse 11 to 16. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness 
he judges and wages war. Wow, he's going to be he's going to be serious this time. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his heads are many diadems. Okay, and and the armies and the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. That's us, right? We will be right behind him, right? From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. See. Okay. He will rule them with a rod of iron and he treads winepress of a fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. And, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Folks, you may not know it, and you may not, you may not know it, but you're guilty of it. You have other kings and lords of your lives. You know what? And that's probably the reason why we are where we are right now. Because we don't recognize the real King of Kings and the real Lord of Lords is Jesus. And that we allow the many small kings of our lives, you know, our career, our jobs, that, that special one, okay, the one that you really look forward to, to marry for the rest of your life. I'm looking at you, young lady, okay. Yes, Jackie, I'm looking at you, okay. You know, that king, okay, should not be the king, but the real king should be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and who is Jesus. Amen? Okay? There is only one King of Kings. All other kings will bow in subjection to Christ. Remember that. And those other kings will bow. And when they bow, it will be for your own good. Might as well let those kings bow down to you right now. There are false kings. Remember Herod? Right? What did, how did he react to the news of Jesus? He was paranoid. He started killing all the babies, or rather the, the kids, as, as old as Jesus, to get rid of him. And you know, this Herod is really crazy. He got rid of his wife. He got rid of his mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, I understand, okay? But you know, okay? Mommy, my favorite mother-in-law. I'm not going to do that to you, okay? And, and you know, okay? And he, he, he even killed his two sons because he even killed his two sons because his two sons were, were, were suspect to take over his kingdom. Right? And you know what this guy did, Herod? If you read about his history, you know, he got all of the great men of that time. You know, Pastor Insong, uh, uh, Edwin, okay, you get Pastor Joe, you, you know, all of the good people, you, you put them all in jail, okay? And, you know, when, when, when I die, I want you to kill all of them. The people said, why? Because I want, when I die, people will mourn. I know when I die, Herod, People will not mourn for me. But if when I die, you kill Pastor Joe, you kill Pastor Insong, you kill all of those people at the same time, because they will cry for them, and people will think that they're crying for me. That's how crazy this guy is. He's so, he's so, he's so distorted, he's so unrealistic, and just out of him, all for himself. And many times, we are like heralds in small ways. Okay, guys? And if we're not careful, okay, we can be paranoid. So we should let the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords just take its throne and sit. Christmas is really King of Kings' presence, King of Kings' power to make the dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the troubled peaceful, the desperate hope. That is Christmas. And finally, Messiah. Messiah, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. What's the Messiah? Messiah is an anointed one, meaning 
the originator of life. Okay? The anointed one who will give you life. And that's why you see in verses, in many verses in the, in the New Testament, John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him came, apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Meaning what? He is the original life. And then in other verses, John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. I like that. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Right? Do you believe this? John 14:19. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will also. You will live also. And that's for us. The reason why Jesus came is to give us life, to remove the penalty of sin, which is hell, to bring us with him forever in paradise so that we can live with him eternally in his presence. I like that. If, if he is life, can we be dead? If he is life, can we be dead? No. If we know Jesus Christ and we belong to him. Psalm 36 verse 9, For with you is the fountain of life. That is Jesus. So again, Christmas is really Messiah. Christ's power to heal, to make the dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the hurting healed, the troubled peaceful, the desperate. And the question I have for you is this. Aside, uh, you know, aside from what we have learned about the true Christmas, which is Jesus, Emmanuel, um, King, and Messiah, the question that I have for you is, what then, why then do we not make every day a Christmas day of Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah present with us? We know this fact. The question that I have for us is how come we don't seem to apply it every day? You know, we think that we think that the Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah, Christmas, here's the problem. We think that the Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah, Christmas is not present, life relevant. And therefore, unappealing, stale, and tasteless. What is appealing to us? The gifts. <laughs> the parties. Right? The present day realities. The world's blessings. The car. The job. The many things that we're enjoying. They're real, right? We can taste them. And we like them. But the Jesus? Still there. I cannot. I, I know. I know. But I cannot just quite grab it. I just cannot quite taste it right now. That's why I can put it aside and just concentrate on Santa Claus and gifts and parties for this moment because they are real here and now. Isn't that what's happening to us in a way? Why or oh why is God's presence not present life relevant to many of us? Why? My answer is this. Because of the absence of the glory of God in our Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah, Christian living. We know that Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is King and Messiah. And we try to live. We try to live it. 
but it's hard. We seem overpowered by many other things which are more relevant. And as a result, we do not see the glory of God in that kind of living. You know what I'm saying? We never experience the victory that God offers because we never really appropriate Him as Jesus, Emmanuel, King, and Messiah in our lives. We stop at the very moment when we're called to call on Jesus. And we're shortchanged ourselves. As a result, because we do not believe, we do not see God's presence and God's power at work in man. You yourself may be in a situation like that where you are not taking a bold step to believe. To do what you need to do to make Jesus your Savior. To make Jesus who Jesus is, to make Jesus as your King. To do whatever you're supposed to do to have Jesus present in your life because you're concentrated on many other things other than Jesus. And therefore, Jesus is not working in you right now. You know what happens? The dead remains dead. The fallen fall deeper. The condemned remain condemned. The hurting hurt deeper. The troubled continue in their troubles. The desperate remain hopeless. Don't you agree? Yet we know. We know the truth. And yet we don't see the glory of God and we never get to apply it. And we remain theoretical about this whole thing rather than realistic. Remember Tessa? Truth does not change lives. You know the truth about Jesus being Jesus, Emmanuel, King, and Messiah. You know the truth. But will that change your lives? No. What will change your lives? Truth applied changes your lives. And when you apply this truth, believe me, the glory of God will appear. The glory of God will appear. The glory of God will appear. Truth. God becoming man as Jesus, Emmanuel, Messiah, with us and for us. That's true, isn't it? That's what the Bible is saying. What's truth applied? Truth applied is this. Claim it. Make it real for you. If right now you're here and Jesus Christ is not yet your Messiah, your Lord and your Savior, it's not going to happen for you. Claim it. Make it real for you by believing and receiving God as your personal Jesus, your personal Emmanuel, your personal King, and your personal Messiah. That's the only thing you can do to make and see the glory of God happen in your life. Remember the, the shepherds? The shepherds, remember? You know, when Jesus was born, who were the first people who heard the good news? The shepherds. Do you understand who the shepherds are? These are the outcasts of society. You know, in, 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 times, in the old times when a royalty is born, who are the first people to hear the news? Royalty, right? The successful people, right? But in the time of Jesus, the first people who heard about the good news, about the king being born, are outcasts. People who stink. People who are miserable. People who are suspected as robbers. The reason why they're shepherds is because they can't find any other jobs. Right? And you know what God did? I will tell my good news to these people first because they deserve me too. And you know what they did? You know what they did? Look at what they did. In the same region, they were, there were some shepherds staying out of the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And look at this. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. You know what the glory of the Lord is? You see those, those angels? There were multitudes of angels in the sky, guys. And these shepherds were like, whoa, ano to? You know, if you were them, how would you react? Okay? They see the glory of God right there. And you know, when you are face to face with the glory of God, believe me, you will, there will be such a magnet that you will have no choice except to respond to God. And the reason why you and I are not responding is because we never see the glory of God in our lives. Because we remain unfaithful and unbelieving. But these shepherds, what did they do? When they saw the glory of God in the heavens, what did they do? The angels spoke. And I'm sure they were cowering in fear when the angels spoke. What did the angels say? But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. I'm sure they were scared. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, look at this. There appeared with an angel, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Look at what the angels are saying. Panalo si Marques, panalo si Marques. Yung ba sinasabi nila? Hindi! Right? Sabi nila, Glory to God in the highest and the earth, peace among men with whom He is pleased. Glory to God! Glory to God! All glory to God. You know, you know what these guys did? The shepherds did? Right away, they dropped everything, they rushed, and they were the first people to saw Jesus in a manger. And you know what? At that point, they got saved, and they were the first believers of the new Christian world. Because what? They saw the glory of God and they reacted to it and they went and believed in what the angels were saying. And here we are, Christmas after Christmas, we see the story and yet we don't believe. That's why we don't see the glory of God. We never experience the glory of God. And I challenge you this morning, look for the glory of God in your own life and you will never be the same. Imagine Christmas every day. Imagine God's presence, God becoming man to be with man in your life. Imagine that. Can you picture it? Emmanuel, Jesus, King, Messiah, right next to you, ready to change your life forever, and you don't allow it, therefore you don't see the glory of God, you're lost. Your loss. Imagine if you were going to make that happen, Charles. Whoa! You know? Imagine Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah with you every single step of life. Some people are going to go to the Philippines on Tuesday. Okay? Some people are going to ride the plane. Excited? Please don't forget. Your Jesus, Emmanuel King, is with you every single step of the way. And you should see the glory of God step by step. How delightful is that? Folks, how delightful is that? How glorious is that for God? To make you the dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the hurting healed, the troubled peaceful, you the desperate hope. That is the glory of God 
And that is truly Christmas. Jesus, Emmanuel King, living with us and for us. And all you have to do is to believe. Claim it. Believe it. Apply it. God's glory will affect you. It will change you forever for the better. You will never be the same like I was never the same. I will send you a Christmas card with this on it. (laughs) Guys, rediscover Christmas, will you? (laughs) She was shocked, okay? Rediscover Christmas, will you? Let's pray. Lord, if you're here right now, guys, if you're here right now and you know all of this truth about Jesus. Can you just stop right here and, and claim that and believe that He's the only one who can save you from your sins. And all you have to do is to say, Lord, I cannot save myself. I am a sinner. And I want you, my, my, my Jesus. I want you, my Emmanuel. I want you, my King. I want you, my, my life, to come into my life right now. Right now, this very moment. I don't want to doubt. I just want to believe and accept that because, Lord, I want to see your glory in my life. Change me, Lord, forever, for the better, and make Christmas every day in my life. Make Christmas, the Christmas that I can share with others, the power to change lives. Thank you, Lord. And we pray that this, 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 this thought, this image of Christmas will remain forever in us to make us the kind of Christians you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, okay. Thank you. Um, it's already 12 o'clock. We started late. So, you know, I thought of, you know, maybe skipping the discussion. If, 